Welcome to Leaders in Conversation. I'm Annie Townend and my guest today is Joe Perbiana, founder and pioneer of Walking Mentorship. Joe, welcome. Thank you. I'm delighted to be in conversation with you and I'm picturing our conversation as a walk that you're taking me and listeners on. The story of your life, starting with where you were born, grew up through to where you are now. So good to be here with you this morning. And I think we should be so grateful to be able to have this conversation, maybe to agree to disagree on certain points, which these days sounds like a risky <laughs> activity, <laughs> which I love it, by the way. But in the end, you know, celebrate our humanity. I guess that's my starting step today. Really feel very honored and grateful to have met you through our shared love of walking and talking and the power of moving and of being in nature and how very fortunate we are. I would like to start at the beginning of your life and to find out a bit more about you, where you grew up, what your childhood was like. I was born in Lisbon, Lisboa, in Portugal. It's a beautiful, tiny country, the western coast of Europe. That's what we like to call. And I guess that, um, at least in my mind, perfectly normal childhood. I have, you know, incredible parents that always open up the world for me. And I think that this is one of the most incredible things parents can do to their kids. It's just open up. And then you decide if you want to explore or you don't, but you have that possibility. I walked everywhere. I mean, this is what I remember from, uh, you know, being, who am I? I mean, going to the Boy Scouts at the age of six. Well, those days, you will just open the door and you would go. Parents were not really worried about it. And you walk, you know, two, three kilometers, you know, back and forth and uh, nothing to worry about. So I think I learned uh, and I understood, obviously, that later in life, that when you walk on something, you appropriate that region, that path into your life, and it becomes yours. I was born by the ocean. My parents had a house near the ocean, so I was looking at the ocean pretty much every day. And I had an incredible curiosity, which is looking at the ocean and try to figure out what was on the other side of the ocean. I have this incredible memory of looking at the sea, oh, sorry, at the Atlantic Ocean, the big one, you know, these incredible waves. And, and uh, since I always liked geography, I tried to figure out the angles where I could see if I try really hard, <laughs> North America and South America. I never got at that. But I really remember thinking, I'm so curious to continue to explore. And obviously you cannot walk, or at least I cannot walk, upon water. So that was not a possibility. I was really a bit limited there. But one day in high school, uh, a friend of mine, she showed me pictures of her sister uh, in US. Uh, I mean, America was a very distant and uh, uh, strange place for me because uh, back in those days, I mean, we are talking about probably 1988, 1989. Yes, I, I could see some of other countries on TV, but it was not exactly as it is today. And I thought, wow, how, how do we get there? And I remember this uh, friend of mine looked at me and said, yeah, 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 but this is not for you. And I was so disappointed because she said, this is, no, you need to apply for a scholarship. It's only for good students. And honestly speaking, I had no idea what I was doing in school until that day. 
and that they understood I'm in school, so maybe I have access <laughs> to something like this. So uh, I have to tell you that I was thinking about how I could do this. So I had a, a little plan. One was to apply, but honestly, why bother other people? So I didn't say anything, not even to my parents. I just applied because, hey, the chances to be refused are so big. Don't even <laughs> bother. My life really changed because, I mean, figure out that I, I was accepted on this program. So I became an exchange student in 1990. So it's a very interesting year. So I end up going from Lisbon, uh, Portugal to Montana in the United States. And I landed in an incredible family. So, you know, how grateful I, you know, I could be because, you know, you come from a family that really opens up the doors and, and provokes you. And then you landed in another side of the pond with another family that basically continues that amazing work. And Annie, I think that's, Probably it's so important that we manage to keep, and it's my personal opinion, these social structures in our society that I call them small communities, families, because they really help you to be rooted on something deeper than what we can see. Uh, and this year that I spent with this amazing family, uh, the Goheens in Montana, which, by the way, we keep in contact 30 years later, and our good friends have shown me that probably I earned the, the right to call myself a citizen of the world. I mean, proud Portuguese, but a citizen of the world. Uh, I really love the idea that we can travel, that we can go to different places. I call that uh, a, a global freedom. And, um, I, and I think this is something that... Uh, probably we should pay more attention than we usually do because we take it for granted. Wonderful, Joe, wonderful. What did you do next? <laughs> well, first of all, Annie, I was in a very deep trouble, <laughs> not to say another oh. world. I, I, I tell you why. Because when you expand your life and when you expand your brain, it's very difficult to make it shrink again. And somehow when I returned to Portugal, well, I went on an incredible year, like my all American field service colleagues, because we were part of this AFS, incredible organization. Uh, but all my friends that stayed in Portugal, they didn't went. So the problem is that you go, you expand, but then you come back. And actually, by the way, some of the people expect you to return <laughs> to normal format. <laughs> but the brain expanded, the life expanded somehow. So when I, when I returned, I have to tell you that I was uh, slightly lost and confused. I think that we were uh, warned, by the way, uh, that that could happen, kind of a cultural shock. But I would say that um, the most difficult part is the fact that during that year, I really understood that probably I didn't want to be a specialist on anything. And when you need to make decisions about going to university or continue your studies or, you know, find a job, that can be a bit of a challenge because, you know, what are you good at or what are you going to do? Not necessarily what are you good at. And that year uh, showed me that the world was so much more interesting if I could keep on opening up possibilities than just close them down. So I thought, hey, let's go to law school. <laughs> and actually, I, I kind of have a little dream, you know, you go to law school and then you, you know, collect these great cases that you can really shape the world. Well, 
uh, my first year in law school, I saw my colleagues in the bar <laughs> playing cards and, and drinking beer. And I was thinking, uh oh, <laughs> what have I done? What am I doing here? Because I was really, you know, waiting like for an explosion of ideas. Uh, that actually not no one really was looking for that at the moment, which I understand, by the way, the problem is that the stage I was in, in life. So I made an experiment and in the summer, I, I took a summer job in a law firm because I wanted to understand if actually it was worth it, these five years of university plus 18 months of practice. And in, in the end of that summer, I thought, no, that <laughs> this is not me. <laughs> And uh, so I, I had a conversation with my parents and said, look, uh, let's not waste more time and money because I was not made for this. And actually, again, the, 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 the wisdom of my mother was very interesting. She said, look, um, obviously, I mean, if that's your decision, uh, we are here to support you and you're just going to find out what you know, makes you happy. But if nothing is on the list, maybe you want to consider just to make peace with uh, your law degree and finish the law degree and do something else. Maybe, you never know, maybe one day it will be useful. So five years later, obviously, I finished the law degree. And, and in my second year of university, I actually opened a company together with three uh, friends. So we were basically building websites. And this journey was incredible, honestly, because during these three, four years that we created this business, I really understood that life when you are keen to discover what has for you, can be an in, it's just an incredible journey. And um, four years later, we actually end up selling our internet company to an advertising agency, an American company. And um, that became the best travel agency of my life. Because, you know, the, the, the coming years, I, I become an expat and had the fortune to work in different markets in places that I could not point out on the map, which is always good because you have an idea, they are there, but you don't know exactly where they are. So, um, I mean, I went back to school, as you can imagine, because I understood, oh, I really love management. And what I really understood is that this interaction with people, for me, was the most incredible thing. So I ended up going back to school, doing an MBA, moved to Belgium for a couple of years, worked a couple more years in, in Europe, went to Central Asia. I, I lived and worked in an incredible place on the planet called Kazakhstan. I, I just love it. I was living in Almaty, which is a beautiful city with beautiful people. Uh, those mountains still live inside my heart until today. There's one thing, Annie, that was always with me in all these countries that I was working and living again. It was the walking part. Because I always thought, if I want to know where I am, I need to walk on it. You know, these things, they take time. And when the time comes and the time is right, you figure out actually what life is trying to tell you, 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 if you listen. And I guess that for a few years, I was not listening, or maybe I was listening to a different song that I didn't even appreciate that much. But the moment I start really listening what my heart was telling me, what life was telling me, I actually... Little by little, I start to slow down because my life was a bit on the fast lane for, I don't know, 15 years. Uh, I was ma mainly doing restructuring. So it's very intensive kind of activity. You touch a lot of variables and you, you definitely impact the lives of people. Not necessarily in a bad way because usually there is idea, you know, a person comes for a restructuring, destroys lives. And, and actually, that, that's not what I saw. I saw exactly the opposite. You can 
uh, I, I really saw this kind of capitalism with a human face, which, by the way, I truly believe in, um, where respect, humanity is always there, at, actually at the top, uh, where difficult conversations can and should be done in a human way. Um, so we actually can suffer together. And, and th this is something that uh, I really loved. And there was a moment I thought, if there's something I want to take out of these years, I spend in, you know, in, in these multinationals and working in different countries is the human contact. And by that time, I was already known by doing a lot of walking meetings. I was a bit annoying with that because I, I would get a bit impatient with the meetings and I would say, okay, let's have a talk and walk. <laughs> I mean, I, I was nothing really planned, but I just felt that some of the toughest conversations were so much easier to do them while walking, you know, shoulder to shoulder, for maybe a couple of kilometers. And there was a moment I really kind of saw a little bit like working with people. Yes, I just love to work with people. And if I can be useful, even better. Be outdoors, somehow in movement, a movement that is natural to me, makes sense. And obviously, I was always hearing the calling to be closer to the green stuff. And then I made a list of friends that I promised to visit. I sent out an email. I really thought that probably some of them uh, I think they thought I, I, I lost it. <laughs> I mean, literally, because my email was a bit bizarre. I said, guys, I'm developing a, a project that has no name. <laughs> I mean, this is not a good start, I know, but I was being very honest. And I need you to give me one week of your life, which is another thing very, you know, difficult to ask, you know. So I, I'm going to ask you to come and meet me on a certain place Give me a week of your time, and you have to promise me that if you survive, I mean, this is was more of a joke, by the end of the week, you need to give me a very detailed feedback so I can learn and see if this is, you know, something worth it to do. And this is the first, first, you know, beginning, the pilot groups of walking mentorship. The feedback was incredible. These people went through... For some of them, at least, they mentioned probably one of the best weeks of their lives, and and then I start understanding how our life is really like a puzzle. You know, I start seeing a little bit of these um, uh, youth group activities. I start seeing a little bit of the, the Boy Scouts in there. I saw my parents. I saw my American family. I saw my brother. I saw my sister. I saw the people I work with. I saw Kazakhstan. I saw Angola. I saw Ukraine and Russia. I saw, you know, everything that life was giving me was there. And one friend of mine one day said, look, Joel, I'm not sure if you're really going to do this, but if you decide to, this is you. This is your face. I can see you in every inch of this project. So please do it. It would be good to look ahead. Where from here? And you have a partner, I think, in walking mentorship now that you work with. And it would be lovely to hear more about the realisation of this dream, that looking across the water, being curious, being grateful, and the kindness that you've experienced of humanity along the way that I know you bring to walking mentorship. For many years, and maybe due to my uh, probably management education, I had an idea that leaders are people that are somehow are so inspiring and they can kind of easily motivate others 
that it's easy to see the way through because, you know, they are leading. And I also believed in other things, you know, that leaders can be really tough guys. And if you actually are really tough, you will prove that you are a leader and so on and so on. I had a lot of these kind of conceptions. And I think that the moment that this changed was when I met my my partner at Walking Mentorship, Nuno, Nuno Sanchez Fernandes, which is an incredible human being. For me, I think what made the Walking Mentorship possible is actually to come across people like my partner, Nuno. And it's very humbling, you know, because I understand that a project like this can only be a reality because there are people that really behave like silent leaders. And actually, they are the ones that trigger the magic. Uh, okay, maybe, maybe you saw something and you put a couple of things together, but that doesn't make you, you know, the, the real thing. The real thing becomes when other people actually accept and trust you, believe you, and that they are the ones that make you real. At least that's what I felt. So I cannot be more uh, grateful again uh, to come across, you know, uh, a person that I respect tremendously that uh, brings the best out of me because that's what my partner does. And hopefully I'll do the same um, to him. And um, there was a moment in this trajectory that I understood, especially an initial moment, because I created the other companies in my life and I had other partners. But the moment that things were a bit more stable, especially uh, in terms of the way how to do things, and I understood, okay, in this moment, you know, if the universe wants to conspire with me, this is a good moment to send me a partner. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I met my partner years before and uh, we always had a very close relation, but we actually, we never talk about partnership or anything like that. And when the opportunity appeared, it was absolutely natural. It was uh, absolutely, um, I would say, an organic growth. And hard to believe that uh, there was other possibility rather than working together. So sometimes people ask me advice about how to, uh, you know, work with partners because this is very challenging. And I like really to, to share this story. If it doesn't sound absolutely natural, don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, if you have respect for yourself and others, don't do it. Because it should feel like the most natural thing to do, not forced at all. Lovely. A kind of nature all of itself. And in terms of next steps, Joa, for you and Nuno, what, what are you thinking? How are you imagining this time with your various programs that are open for people? We actually delayed on purpose to start working with corporations. And we start doing that in 2019. And when we start working with corporations, we understand that, you know, working with, you know, two mentors, it's just not going to make it. It's impossible. So what happened is that we start collaborating mainly with people that were coming to our program. So they were, you know, the famous alumni 
people that know the methodology, that like the methodology, that we have trust with each other because this is really important. And then we start preparing materials actually to help these people to work with us and co-mentor other programs. So I would say when you think about, and you are asking me about what's next, I mean, we are not on a rush to get anywhere. Actually, to be very honest, we don't have an objective to get anywhere. I mean, this is uh, actually important to reinforce. Besides trying to do our best with what we know and what we have every day, this is really the goal. Uh, we have developed partnerships. For instance, we developed a partnership with uh, Signum International, uh, an executive search company, and we developed a specific program for board members and let's say the, the first line of the company uh, where we actually mix coaching and mentoring. And we have sessions of mentoring, sessions of coaching, and actually the feedback, it's, it's incredible how it works in people. So I would say that our perspective, it's extremely inclusive, as inclusive as it can be naturally inclusive. We are working, I mean, I would say we, but it's more about me finishing, trying really hard to finish a book already for two years. It's not easy. Well, I've done one and I know it's not easy, so it's nothing new here. Um, it's really like having, you know, giving birth to a very complicated human being. And, and this one is almost there. And this book, we want to use it as a bit of an inspiration for actually whoever wants to uh, collaborate with us or wants to participate in our programs. But we understand that it's, it's, it's a little bit of telling the journey because it's a book of stories that we collect from participants in, in different walking mentorship programs. So I would say that this is probably the, the plan for the future. I mean, it's to be attentive to what life is asking us, trying to be there, trying to answer, and trying to be aligned with our purpose, which we didn't talk about it, but this is what really makes the difference in the end of the day. When we have doubts and we are asking ourselves, should I do this or not? We go back to basics and go back to basics is to revise our purpose and thinking, okay, does this action or this decision reinforces my purpose, then we should do it, even if it's a bit painful or it's going to give you, you know, too much work that you don't want at the moment. And if the answer is no, I mean, be polite and say, look, it's wonderful, but it's not really working with the way we are living our lives. So we're going to pass it and maybe later we can, you know, go back again. That's fantastic, Joe. And are you able to, in one sentence, capture your purpose? I, I hope I can because I look at it quite often, let me tell you. You know, when I have doubts, <laughs> and I have many, because I, need, I know very little. But now at least I know that I know very little. <laughs> A good thing about uh, being curious is that I really understand how that plays keeping you young. Because you, you, life is always about discovery. So I am who I am. And I'm a very curious person. And what, what drives me? And maybe, I mean, maybe it's a good way for us to, I don't know, to wrap up. But um, when I first thought about my purpose, uh, I thought about it a lot. And I was very disappointed in the beginning because I thought my purpose should be something grandiose, something that would make me feel so proud. And when I look at my first sentence, I mean, doing my own walking mentorship program, so I was tasting my own medicine and my medicine was not, you know, boosting the way I wanted. But anyway, I accepted that 
my purpose at the moment was something like I wrote it. I remember perfectly. I wrote, walk you towards a better life. And I thought, I cannot probably go much further than this at the moment. But And I felt a bit of discomfort, but I accepted. Walk you towards a better life. This is what I'm doing at the moment. The discomfort came from walk you. Somehow for me, it, it, it kind of mean that I knew the way because I'm walking you and I thought in, thinking, I don't know the way myself. How can I tell you the way? So this was in my mind maybe for a year, a year and a half. And again, during a walk, because I do every walking mentorship program, I always do the survival kit together with the participants, always. And we advise that all our mentors do the same. Because then you are always in the same page of everybody else. You are not above or behind. You are exactly there. So during one program, one word came from <laughs> heaven, I guess, because it was really a blessing. You know, it was the word with. And that was like taking a ton out of my backpack because I wrote walk with you towards a better life. And I thought, oh, okay, I don't know the way, but I go side by side with you. So I'm walking with you. And this was amazing. I thought, okay, this is the best purpose I could ever find. Nothing to talk about it. But one year later in another program, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, walk with you towards a better life. And my purpose is not about walking with you towards a better life. It's walking with you towards the best version of yourself. And when I changed my purpose, I thought, okay, Joel, for the third time, but now this is it. Walk with you towards the best version of yourself. I changed that on my website, on my personal page. That's done. End of story. And about a year and a half ago, <laughs> on a program, somebody asked me, but Joel, is it true that every program that you do, you do the survival kit, you know, over and over? For instance, last year I did 19 programs. And I thought I did the survival kit 19 times. Yes, I did. So the person asked me, so this must have a kind of an impact in you. And I, and I thought, oh, yeah, you are absolutely right. So actually, this is not my purpose, because my purpose is to walk with you towards the best version of ourselves. Because every time I walk with you, I become a better person. And if I become a better person, most likely you too, because we are walking side by side. And I can only tell you that purpose is dynamic. That's what I learned. Most likely this is not the end of it. It will change. It will evolve. And when you accept that and you are clear about what life is asking you today, then you just need to do today what you need to do today. Don't worry about tomorrow. And that's fine. Thank you, Joe. I've absolutely loved walking side by side, shoulder to shoulder with you and helping each other to be our best selves today, our best versions of ourselves. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you, Annie. It was an honour and please keep walking. Thank you.